0: Jesus Jesus It's where I will abide Jesus Jesus It's where I will abide Jesus Jesus.
1: Amen. There's something just about singing the word of God, isn't there? Just put it on hold for a second, Paul. God bless you. I hope you're excited about 2023 because it is going to be an extraordinary year. And I'm not saying that to hype anybody. I'm telling you what the Holy Spirit's taught me. It is going to be a year like no other, a year we've been waiting for, a spectacular year. Does someone got the communion elements because we want to pass them around? You can take a seat now. It is going to be, uh, if you were here last night, it was amazing. You know, sometimes we talk about laboring in prayer. And there was a season, there was a time last night where we were just laboring in prayer. But God says, you draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. At about 20 to midnight, he came. (laughs) He came in power. And he gave the word that in 2023, there's going to be an oil change. He's going to give fresh new wine, fresh new oil for fresh new season. And boy, oh boy, I believe it was received last night. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, I want to talk today about communion. I want to speak about the cup of God's wrath and the cup of God's judgment. A lot of folk in the church today, a lot of pastors won't speak about the judgment of God because they believe that God only has one side to himself and that's love and goodness. But there's another side to God in his holiness and righteous character. He is a God... (coughs) Who's so holy that he is completely opposed to sin. That's part of his nature. I want to just share a little bit today as we take communion about the cup of iniquity. And in the book of Genesis, God calls Abraham and he makes a covenant with Abraham and says, I am going to give you... This is the promise. I am going to give you the land. That's the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. The problem is the land was occupied by the Amorites. And so God in Genesis 15 puts... Abraham into a deep sleep in the middle of making a covenant to him and it says deep darkness, great darkness in verse 12 fell upon him and that darkness referred to the fact that his descendants were going to go into bondage for 400 years in Egypt. And you say, why the delay? 400 years. I want to tell you, the answer is here. It says, but in the fourth generation, They shall return here, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. The iniquity of the Amorites. God speaks about he has a cup of iniquity. And he wasn't going to kick the Amorites out yet because he's completely just. But the Amorites were rejecting God and doing abominable practices. And when you're in that state, the cup of sin is filling up. And the cup of sin was filling up with the Amorites. And God says, I'm not going to evict them until the cup is full. And see, while you're in that state, where you may be sinning and you may be rebelling against God, there's a season where God, because he desires mercy, not judgment, there is a season where your sinning is mixed with God's leniency and grace. And he calls out to you, and he calls out to you, and he calls out to you. You're sinning, but your cup is getting fuller and fuller and fuller. And there comes a time, there comes a time, and there came a time with uh, the Amorites, that when the cup of iniquity was full, God's judgment fell, he vomited them out of the land, and God's people came into their inheritance. And you say, what are you talking, why are we talking about this today when we're doing communion? Psalm 75 says, but God is the judge. He puts down one and exalts another. For in the hand of the Lord there is a cup and the wine is red, it is fully mixed and he pours it out. Surely its dregs shall all the wicked of the earth drain and drink down. Most of the people who, themselves prophets won't say this but I'll tell you we are in the era and we've entered the era of God's judgment the virus the wars are the beginning of birth pains and I want to tell you we're in the era where judgment is only going to increase natural disasters are coming God's opposition to all the leaders affirming what he hates when leaders stand there bald-faced and say we are going to keep killing babies we are going to keep murdering the innocent god has not turned his head aside and ignored that but he has waited and we're at the time now where we say we will we the leaders of this the western world say we will bald face look god in the eye and say we will do what you hate we will marry men to men because you hate it we don't care and i want to tell you the cup of iniquity is full the cup of iniquity is full and there are disasters coming There are judgments coming. In fact, the word of God tells us that in tribulation one third of humanity will be wiped out. Everybody's quiet this morning. But I'm telling you, I tell this is what the Holy Spirit is saying. And it's the it's a big part of the gospel. That many people are afraid to preach but the the big part of the gospel noah comprehended when you perceive judgment is coming our message to the world is god has provided an ark of salvation there's only one place of salvation they couldn't go to someone else's boat there's only one place it was noah's ark and there is one place of salvation it is jesus christ but the second part of that message is you've got to get in there or else it's not loving to not tell people the second part of or else because god is a god of judgment and when the cup is full his mercy and his grace is replaced by his wrath but you know we we come here today and we're about to take communion and the reason why we rejoice and we can give god thanks As we know, when judgment was about to fall on Egypt, the Egyptians were told to take a lamb, and to sacrifice that lamb, and to place the blood of the lamb over the lentil. And when the judgment of God was poured out, when the avenging angel came, those who were under the blood were completely protected. Listen to what Romans 5 verse 6 says. For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. John 5, verse 24, says this. Most assuredly, Jesus said, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him, who sent me, has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. I want to ask you today, if you're here in this church, this is not a time, really hear me, this is not a time to play fast and loose with sin. The cup is full. The cup is full. God is so loving and kind, gracious and merciful. 2,000 years since Christ's death, he has been Pouring out, calling out, grace, mercy, and leniency. But this is a new era we're entering. You need, there's only one thing that will save you. That is the blood. And I ask you today, have you come under the blood? Have you been forgiven through the shed blood of the Lamb? And have you made that lamb your Lord? That's how you come under the blood. And if you're living under the blood, you will be protected. You can be bold. And you can be the one God uses to call out to the world. Stuff is not just happening. The judgment of God is coming. And you need to get in Christ. That's our message as we come and take communion today you know what we we really want to remember we want to remember this the cup when it is full god's wrath it's a terrible thing to come into the wrath of god it is the most awful thing when we pass beyond grace into the wrath of God. But when we come to communion, I realize that I am worthy because of the things I did of the wrath of God. But Jesus, before he went to the cross, he said, Father, if it is your will, take the cup from me. Nevertheless, my will, not my will, but yours be done. What was he speaking about? He's speaking about the cup that contained all of the wrath and judgment of God against sin. All of it. And he said, to be under the wrath of God is so bad. If it is possible, if it is all possible, take this cup away from me. But to save you and I, it was not possible. He is the partial, sacrificial lamb of God whose blood saves us, justifies us. And so he drank it. He drank it. Therefore, all those who trust in him today, will never, ever, ever face the wrath of God. Never, ever, ever come under the judgment of God. But forever and ever and ever will live in his love and his grace. Forever and ever and ever will live as part of God's family. But it is only because Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, gave his life and drank my cup therefore I've passed from judgment into blessing listen to the words of Jesus again and just thank him as you take communion today just thank him from your heart and be reassured by this if you're under the blood of Jesus you can live completely confident, bold, and free. Because Jesus said, most assuredly, in other words, I guarantee it, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death unto life. Body of Jesus Christ the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. As you drink this cup, you just thank Him today that He drank your cup cup of God's wrath. He drank it for you, the blood of Jesus. Father, today I thank you. You are so patient. You are so merciful. But you're also so holy. Completely holy. And you will have righteousness in this earth. And Father, we... Your word says, when your judgments are in the earth, the people of the earth will learn righteousness. And I thank you in this season coming, Lord, many, many are going to come to Christ and be made righteous as they see the hammer falling. Father, many are going to come into that ark. Give us eyes to see what you're doing today, Lord. Give us the understanding of the times like the men of Issachar that we may be bold to proclaim what you're really doing on earth. Be bold to proclaim to people the urgency of the hour that they need to be in the ark, which is Christ. Father, we thank you. We praise you. There is no one like Jesus. Amen. We're going to now take up an offering today. And sometimes you may wonder what the offerings get used for. One of the things we're going to use the offering for this year, and you may want to sow a seed into what we're doing, is that on the 15th of January, my good wife and I and Michael, we are actually, a door has been opened to go to Uganda. And initially, I thought we were going to go and teach leaders and preach to leaders, but there's a bit of a bowler over there. So they cancelled that and they said, we've got a different opportunity. About three hours after they cancelled the leaders' meeting, Pastor David rang me and said, you know, just, this has just come up. He said, we can't do the leaders' conference, but we've just now been invited. I've just been asked, is there an evangelist that would go to the biggest refugee camp in East Africa? And I said, that's like a Christmas present, David. <laughs> and I said, there is no place we'd rather be. But you think about this. God is trusting us to go to the place, people that are most displaced, dispossessed, broken, to bring to those people the hope of the world, the word of God, Jesus Christ. So that's what we're going to be doing. We believe thousands are going to be saved. And then on the way home, another door opened. We have been invited to bring the word of God into the Middle East. We are having meetings in Two meetings in Qatar on the way home, which were completely unplanned, but God has opened the door. I believe many doors are about to open. This is the year of evangelism. It's the era of of the evangelist. Open your mouth. Tell people they need to get saved. People are going to see things happening. Many, many are coming in this season. Believe me. Many, many. I keep hearing the word harvest. It's ripe everywhere. It's ripe. World's going to get darker, but that's just a backdrop for you, the light of the world, to be seen. (laughs) To be seen as you hold out the Word of God. I've been up here too long, haven't I? I'll be told that when I get home. Okay. uh, We sing one more song? Yeah, let's sing one more song. Don't you like singing the Word of God? He just sings the Word of God, this fellow, and I like Mm -hmm. it. Psalm 23.
0: The Lord is my shepherd, Jesus my shepherd, the Lord is my shepherd. Jesus my shepherd The Lord is my shepherd I shall not want He makes me lie down In green green pastures He leads me beside The quiet waters He Though I walk through the shadow of the valley of death I fear no evil for you You are with me and I dwell in his house forever And we will praise his name together And across we will always remain Lord is my shepherd, Jesus, my shepherd, the Lord is my shepherd, Jesus, my shepherd, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green, green. He leads me beside the quiet waters He restores my soul He guides me in the paths of righteousness Though I walk through the shadow of the valley of death I fear no evil for you You are with me and I dwell forever and we will praise his name together and in the cross we will always remember you the lord is my
1: shepherd
0: the lord is my shepherd Our oh, jesus my shepherd jesus my shepherd our oh, lord is my shipping is my shepherd oh jesus my shepherd jesus my shepherd the lord is my shepherd i shall not want he makes me lie down in green green pastures he leads me beside the quiet waters he restores my soul He guides me in the paths of righteousness. Though I walk through the shadow of the valley of death, I fear no evil for you. You are with me and I dwell in his house forever. And we will praise his name together. In the cross we will always remain. Is my ship, Lord, is my ship, and our Jesus, my ship, it. Jesus, my ship, and the Lord is my ship, it. The Lord is my ship, it our Jesus, my ship, it. Jesus, my ship, it, and Lord is my ship, it. Jesus, my ship, it. Lord is my ship Lord is my ship oh Jesus my ship Jesus my ship Praise God, praise Jesus, thank you Holy Spirit Come on. New
2: faces. Here with us this morning so i want to particularly welcome you thank you for joining us we are we are blessed that you are here in your presence and lord i want to thank you for the praise i want to thank you for the worship lord i want to thank you for all that you're doing and lord i thank you for your promise that you will never forsake us that you would never leave us lord that we are not lost that we are not a people who are forgotten lord it is your mercy and your grace that you've remembered us lord it's in your loving kindness that you've done everything for us through the cross. And Lord, I want to lift up this Word and Lord, you want to do something deep. Lord, you want to do something deep in our hearts. You want to bring a refreshment and a joy where there is lack. And I'm asking, Lord, through the power of your Word that you would touch, you would transform, you would change, you would correct, you would bring life through your word, Lord, you would heal, you would touch, Lord, every person here, Lord, I ask you would minister through the power of your Holy Spirit, you would minister to every person's life, Lord, I ask for your anointing, as I bring the word, Lord, I ask your word would go forth under the unction of your Holy Spirit and in power, and I ask it in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Well, you can be seated. I'm only going to I'm going to read from a uh, s- short scripture it, which is in Psalm 84. So if you'd like to turn to Psalm 84 that would be good. Psalm 84. And I'm going to be reading from verse 5 to verse 7. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. Amen. This psalm is a... um. The psalm, as it says, it's from the sons of Korah. They were part of the Levite priesthood, so they were worshippers. And this this psalm is written in the context of people going on a pilgrimage to meet God in Zion, in Jerusalem. And pilgrimage is just simply a journey. And uh, for you and I today, we are... On a journey we are on a pilgrimage we are like sojourners like Abraham said we don't have a physical resting place until we get to heaven we are here only temporarily so just like these people here it says they pass through the valley of Baca, and that's not going to mean much to any of you unless I tell you what Barca means it means weeping so From this point, I'm just going to refer to it as the Valley of Weeping. There's these men who pass through the Valley of Weeping before they get to Jerusalem, before they go and meet with God. And that place, the Valley of Barca, is a place, like I said, it's a place of weeping. And these people, they don't pass the Valley they pass through the valley. And each one of you, including myself, we're going to have times where we are going to be on the mountaintop, but there's also going to be times where we're in the valley. And I want to tell you that God is not only the God of the mountaintop, but He's also the God of the valley. He meets us in our greatest need. So I want to bring a message today for the new year of hope for you. Because there's some of you who may be in a place where you have been in that valley of weeping and the valley of weeping it's it's any place in your life that is difficult and painful it's a place that has suffering involved and it's a place of hopelessness and many of you like I said are maybe going through that valley today. I believe there are many, and that's why I've got this word to bring to you. There's many of you who are passing through that valley of weeping, and that looks different to each and every one of us. It could be because we are buffeted, we are being oppressed by the enemy. David said in Psalm 6, verse 6 to 7, I am weary with my groaning, all night I make my bed swim. I drench my couch with my tears. My eye wastes away because of grief. It grows old because of my enemies. There's other, others who may be in a place where they've lost a loved one. Maybe there's a relationship that's been lost. But there's something that's been lost, and you too are in that place of weeping. You're in that difficult place. You're in that place of suffering, where all seems hopeless. It could be a place of personal pain, it could be a place where you're simply disappointed and that for you is that valley of weeping, it's that place of suffering. Others, it could be the burden of ministry. In Acts 20, 31, it says that Paul prayed for three years, he wept, I should say, he prayed and wept for three years over the church So that too is a suffering that you can experience. It could be a sin that's grieved you in your life. Maybe it's a sin of others. It could be past failures. But there's something that you today are are suffering with and you're in that valley of weeping. And maybe you don't see a way out. But I want to tell you that there is a way out. And I want to tell you that there are some things that don't come without suffering. Suffering does something that nothing else will do. Jesus suffered. He was a suffering servant. We're not promised that we won't suffer, but God is there in that suffering. And He is the one that will pull you and I through that suffering. It is His strength that will get us through. It is His Holy Spirit that will refresh us. And... When we suffer, when you experience suffering, we experience in a small way what Jesus suffered. That's what happens in our suffering. In Isaiah 53 verse 3 to 5, it says, He is despised. This is a prophecy about Jesus. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. It said there in verse 4 that he carried our sorrows. That word sorrows means pains. So he's carried our sorrows. He's carried that pain already and put them upon himself. And they are there nailed to the cross. They are gone. He's carried them for us. Just like by his wounds we have been healed, the sorrow that he experienced, the pain that he suffered, has been for us today. It's been paid for, if you like. And like I said, he carried them. But you know what? You may have to today, you may have to pass through the valley of weeping, but you don't have to remain there. Psalm 30 verse 5 says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Hallelujah. God's desire is that you don't remain there. You don't remain in that place. You don't remain in that valley of weeping, in desperation, in suffering. There was a time where Mary and Martha, they were the daughters, uh, sisters of Lazarus. Lazarus was sick in John 11. You can pick it up. They sent for Jesus. Jesus said to them, They said to Jesus, Lazarus is sick. Come, please. And he said to them, this sickness is not unto death. So they had the word. But Jesus, it says, delayed. He delayed his coming to visit Lazarus. Sure enough, he did come. But on the way, he was met with Mary and Martha. First it was Mary. And then later on, it was Martha. And Martha said to Jesus, this was after he had passed verse 29, as soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came to him. She came quick to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the town, but was in the place where Martha had met him. So this is Mary. Then the Jews who were with her in the house and comforting her, when they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out, followed her saying, is going to the tomb to weep there. That when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. So there's Mary who's met Jesus with great expectations, so much so she sent forth for him initially to come and heal him, but now she's in a place She's experiencing that valley of weeping. She's had expectations that have not been met. Her brother has now died and she comes to the Lord Jesus. She's in a place of great disappointment. And I believe that particularly disappointment, some of you are harboring deep disappointment in your heart. Maybe it's something you've done. Maybe it's something that's done to you. But maybe it's even before God where there's been expectations placed on you, yourself, others on God, and they haven't been met. And Mary's in this place where she's saying, Lord, if you had come, he would have been healed. She's she's blaming him. She's blaming him essentially. But you know what? That was all part of God's plan. It was all part of the glory of God. And What happened was that where Lazarus was in that tomb, when that stone was rolled away, where there was death, where there was hopelessness, there came triumph and there came life. And I want to tell you, for us today, for you, if you are going through that place, there is a place that God is going to bring you through, that your circumstances right now, that experience of suffering that you're experiencing, that is temporary. Like I said, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And there was another woman who had her valley of weeping, her name was Hannah, and her account's in 1 Samuel, she had a husband who, if it wasn't bad enough, had two wives. It says that the Lord closed her womb. If that wasn't, bad enough. This other woman, the other wife of her husband, Hannah's husband, she teased her. In 1 verse 6, it says, her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. So it was year year, year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord that she provoked her. Therefore she wept and did not eat. And then Later in verse 10, it says, And she was in bitterness of soul, and prayed to the Lord, and wept in anguish. Then she made a vow, and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant, and remember me, and not forget your maidservant, but you will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give to him, give him to the Lord, and all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. And sure enough, God did answer that prayer. And that woman did conceive, not only once, but numerous times. But, you see, we can be in a place that seems hopeless, and there might be something so personal. It's something that no one else knows about. It could be so deep. But I want to tell you, that weeping may endure for a night, but it's temporary. It will not last. God will bring you through, like He did for these women. These women, there was where there was hopelessness... Where all hope seemed lost, there brought joy and rejoicing. There was life where there is death. There was restoration and refreshment where there was barrenness. So I want to tell you for you today, I want to declare this to you, that wherever you are today, that it's not the end, that it is temporary, and that God's going to bring you through it. He's going to bring you through it. So these three women, all of them, went through that valley. They all went through that valley weeping. And God was there. God was in it. He was there the whole time. And it may seem like your situation is pointless. It's like, why why am I suffering, Lord? Why am I going through this? But God has a purpose in everything that we experience. The Bible says that He turns everything for good. He turns everything for good and it's for His purpose. And, you know, in that place of weeping, in that place of weeping, it says in verse 6, when I read earlier in Psalm 84, it says, as they pass through the valley of Barca, they make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. So that place, that valley that you and I are gonna pass through, it says there that they make it a spring, the rain also covers it with, with pools. So it turns it it turns into a place of refreshment. That is what you will receive from God. There will be a time of refreshment. It says there, the rain also covers it with pools, and that rain refers to in the book of Joel, the latter rain. That is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And see, when when you're in that place, when you keep your eyes on the Lord, when you're going through that valley, actually refreshment comes, that actually strength comes, that actually comfort comes. Paul said that God is the God of mercy and the God of all comfort. The Holy Spirit is our comforter. The Comforter, the Holy Spirit will come in and it is He that brings strength. Comfort is a, not a fluffy word like sitting on your couch in comfort. This is something deep that only the work of the Holy Spirit can do. It's something profound that only He can do in your life, in your circumstances. And this is to get you through. These people passed through that valley. You're going to pass through that valley with the strength of the Holy Spirit with the refreshment and the joy and you will come out the other end. I want to tell you today that is true for you today. That is true for you today. See the Holy Spirit, joy is a fruit of the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit wants to give joy for that place that you're in, that place of suffering. He wants to bring refreshment. He wants to bring strength. It says, In that psalm, that they go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. And I want to say that each one of these people and each one of you, we have eternity. The Bible says that there will be no more death. There will be no decay. There's going to be no weeping. There's going to be no suffering. There's going to be no loss. There's going to be a completely holy and beautiful place in the presence of God. So everything you're experiencing now and today is temporary. I want to tell you that one day when Jesus calls you home or he returns, that there's a place in heaven for you where there will be no more weeping. There will be no more suffering. And that is for you, and that is a hope for you to look forward to today. But not only in eternity, for now. Because like I said, they go through this valley of weeping. They, make those, they pass through the valley of bark, they make it a spring, and the rain also covers it with pools. And they go from strength to strength. And the Bible says in Psalm 18 verse 32 that it is God who arms us with strength. And makes our way perfect. So we need, we need the strength of God to get us through. We need the refreshment of the Holy Spirit to get us through. Because God not necessarily is going to remove the circumstances in your life, but He's going to give you the strength to get you through. He's going to give you that strength you need to get through. And so, I believe today there is some of you, particularly disappointment, some of you are in a place of loss, some of you are in a place where you're dealing with such maybe personal issues, like I said, that no no one else knows about. They're They're so personal and they're so deep. And you're in that place, you're in that valley of weeping. I want to tell you that God sees every one of your tears. He sees completely the suffering. And I want to tell you, God has not passed you by. God has not passed you by. He remembered Hannah in her anguish, in those tears. He remembered her and he opened up her womb. And I want to tell you, the tomb of Lazarus was opened. Jesus was there all along. He had a perfect plan, and he is there with you. Like I said, he's never, he said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. So I want to I want to pray for us. I want to pray for us now that God would give you and I the strength. To keep moving through, because it's only through his Holy Spirit. It is only through the power of the Holy Spirit, it's only through the refreshing and the comfort and the joy of the Holy Spirit that is going to see us through. But I want to tell you, if you believe it to be true for your life, that you are coming through. That there is that season is changing from the weeping, from the mourning, from the hopelessness, it's turning to joy. It's turning to comfort. It's turning to refreshment. Joy's coming. And I want to declare it over your lives. And I want to pray right now for you. So if I'm speaking to you today, just lift your hands because I want to just pray, Lord, that you are the God of all comfort. Lord, I thank you that you are the one that arms us with strength and makes us perfect. Father God, I want to ask right now, Lord, that you would visit every one of your people here today. Father God, I'm asking right now, Lord, where there is hopelessness, Lord, where there is barrenness, Father God, where there is deep disappointment, Father God, I'm asking right now that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would move right now. I'm asking, Lord, that you would come and you would minister fresh hope. You would minister joy. You would minister strength father god we look to you right now you are the god of our salvation and i'm asking right now that you would move lord you would come into the hearts of every man woman and child here lord that is experiencing that valley of weeping i'm asking right now that you would come and you would move in great power lord you would thunder from heaven and lord you would come with that great comfort and you would bring that great peace lord knowing that you have not forsaken us lord that you remember us that you see all and you are know all Father God, I thank you that you see every one of our life circumstances. And I thank you that nothing is forgotten. And I thank you, Lord, that you have such a great love and concern for every one of our people. So, Father God, I come against every lie that says that you are forgotten. I come against every lie that says you're not important. I come against every lie that says you're suffering because you've sinned. I come against every lie that says you're not worthy to be healed. And, Father God, I'm asking right now, That you would bring, Lord Jesus, as you bore the stripes, as you bore the suffering, as you bore the pain. Father God, there would be a grace right now to release every care, every concern, every worry, every burden, every anxiety to you right now, Lord. Because you've paid the price. You've purchased it. Lord, you've borne the suffering. Lord, you took it all. And so I want to bless you, Lord, for today. I want to bless you for what you've done Through the power of your word, Lord, I want to thank you for the transforming of the hearts, Lord, and the renewing of the strength you've given to each and every one of your people here today. Lord, as I go, as we go today, Lord, I ask, Lord, that eyes would be lifted, that we would be so aware that, Lord, this is temporary, this life is temporary, but we have an eternal home waiting for you, with you. We have eternal home in heaven. And just like those men walked through the valley on their way to Zion, Lord, you took them from strength to strength. So, Father, I declare over your people today, Lord, I declare they shall go from one level of strength to another. Lord, they shall know their God more and more. And I commit every person here to you. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.